I'm about to get naked back here. So no bacon. I said no bacon. Good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 474 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and returning is... Becky Foster, hello everyone. You're not a coughing mess anymore, are you? Not as much, no. Not as much, no. Um, and, and... Oh, Ian Loring, hello. <laughs> Ian Sorry. as well, there we go. Yes, we're in that weird week. That is between Christmas and New Year, where it could be any day, any day, and no matter what, all we know is it might be two days to uh, New Year. And there's always cheese and chocolate. And there's always just freaking cheese and chocolate everywhere. Yeah. And 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 then people are starting to go, holy shit, we've fucking run out of leftovers. What are we eating? I, yeah. I, I, I went for my first post-Christmas run this morning, and I felt so fucking heavy. It oh. was really, oh mate, it was not good. Like my time was so slow, and I, I like, I almost stopped after like two miles, and it was like, no, I've got to fucking do three. Come on now, Power but three. it was just, oh mate, I, I was just like, can I actually be fucked to do this? Like I, I'm looking forward to normality resuming, just so I don't feel as fucking windy. Yeah, I, 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 I am. I'm enjoying my Christmas time. I'm looking for, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna continue fucking reveling in it. But yeah, <coughs> normality is it, it, something that can be quite nice. Mm. Uh, but what do we have today? We have a normal show, um, kind of. Um, we are gonna talk kind of, glass yeah. onion and knives out mystery. Um, we have we've just done the latest one of our uh, lock, stock, and three working bastards, which you can get on our if, Patreon. Hang on. No, we're doing something else as well. Do not fucking tell oh. me I watched that film. No, 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 no. We, we, we are doing that. I, I, I was just right. segueing. Okay, slightly. sorry, Mark. Like, okay, fine. All right, sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> That's yeah. an indication of how Mark, uh, Ian thought about mine, Cage, then. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we're all $2 a month for our Patreon. Uh, we're a Pontinicate podcast, other Pontinicate podcasts out there, and they're cool, got it, and then, but finish listening to us first. Yes, we're also doing Mind Cage. You got my fucking heart racing there. Right. <laughs> when when were we not going to watch Mind Cage? It is very much. No, I know. I just I just thought maybe somehow it had no. slipped through the cracks or no, something. We we, we we minded a cage. Um, <laughs> or caged a mind. Or caged a mind. <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking do Mind Cage now. Do Mind Cage now. Let's just do it. Right, I don't care yeah. about anything else. Fucking do it. Let's, Let's just get it done. Let's go. So, Mind Cage. I'm going to find out what IMDb says because I need to just... I need to know what it says. I'll tell you what IMDb says, Mark. I'll tell you what IMDb says. What if Seven and Silence of the Lambs had a retarded stepchild? <laughs> so, 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 IMDb says, when a copycat strikes, two detectives ask the top serial killer... For help, which is kind of what it's, it's about. It's directed by a guy called Mario Pirelli. Um, no, it's not. Not a real name. <laughs> it's screenplay written by a guy called Reggie Kiyahara the Third. 
Not a real Based name. Based the story by... Who's Mauro the music by, Mark? Who's Pirelli. the music by? Leo Z. <laughs> Cinematography is E. Gustavo Peterson. <laughs> Which, all of these names feel like made-up Pez names from the mid-noughties. Mark. Mark, who are the angels by? You see that in the opening titles? Oh, angels yes, by. Yes, angels by. I can't remember it said, but I did see the credit, yeah. Oh. It's with stars Martin, Lo- Martin Lawrence, uh, Melissa Roxburgh, John Malkovich, and Robert Nepper. It's. it's I love Robert Nepper. It is a bit bonkers. So do I. So. So what happens? Um, well, Ian, what do you think to Mind Cage? <laughs> I all spoilers all the time because this is yeah. I mean, and the, I mean to be fair, there's no fucking chance you could actually guess what was happening. No, from the start of the film, what the end would be. In a way, even though, in a way, in a way, there is. Martin Lawrence, you know, he's not getting much sleep these days. He needs a lot of caffeine. Yeah. He's tortured by a past case. Could it be that he's the killer? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Why Why isn't he getting any sleep, though? <laughs> because that, John Malkovich... If he draws people, he can temporarily enter their minds and control them. <laughs> that is a moment where you go, what? <laughs> in, in the movie. That, that and the revelation that Melissa Roxburgh's partner is actually her priest who she basically seduced in the confessional box. Um, just two absolutely that, that does, that does explain, happening moments. That does explain why he seems absolutely confused about the fact that he's, he's actually married to a person. Um, yeah, yeah, quite. Um... Right, I mean, this this film literally feels like it was willed into existence by Martin Lawrence because he needed to have some money laundered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I want to be, be very clear. Feels like. I'm not saying that. But it's... Like, it, I, I, it is one of the most pointless watches I have ever had. It is going to be an entry into a list that we're going to have to make called "Money Was Laundered." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, I just, I, I'm, I think I'm done. It was shite. It was pure shite, Martin. I mean, what? I, I don't know who Melissa Roxbury is. Oh, I love it when the and is someone you've never fucking heard of as well. <laughs> um, by the way, um, uh, she's in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Great. She plays different That's... characters in two of the different Day of yeah. the Kids films. Right. For fuck's sake. Uh, awful, awful bloody film. I mean, it, it is just like the lowest common denominator version of, it, it, you know, Seven, Science of the Lambs, Fallen, you know, just all mashed up together and just beaten about the head until it 
they're just all brain dead. Uh, it's absolute bobbins. I mean, it's worse than bobbins. It's Drek. I honestly like it, it. It's the kind of thing where I'm like, why do I do this podcast if I'm fucking watching Mind Cage? <laughs> like, and it's fine. It's fine. But fuck me. That curse put out that it was your suggestion. <laughs> yeah, to pair it with Glass Onion, but we were always going to review it. I I was all... I, I... To be fair, Mark, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would not have watched Mind Cage. I think that's fair to say. And that's fair to say, yeah. Whereas, whereas we probably would have. Oh, yeah. Yes. Quite. Yeah. No, the defence rests. We we would have. Um, well, Bex, what did you think? <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed my time with it. To be perfectly honest. Fuck's um, sake! It's. I mean, don't get it wrong. It's not good, but it's it's just very much our shit, and it's. I, I enjoyed how fucking how fucking brazen they were about the fact that they were ripping off Silence of the Lambs as well. Like that just amused me throughout. I quite liked. Um, Melissa Roxburgh's character because she got to be like the reckless fucking knobhead cop but also a girl like normally the female characters in these types of movies are the really sensible ones that are trying to do the you know do things the right way and do do it by the book and and it's the guys that are all like now I'm just gonna fucking chase him I'm not gonna call for backup fuck that shit and she she does that in this like she's the dickhead cop yeah and I quite like that element of it um and and I really liked the angels. Like that kind of imagery just it just speaks to me. Maybe I'll start murdering people and posing them. The thing is, I it's saved by the fact that it's really short. Yeah. <laughs> and you're watching it going. If you if you'd explained to somebody in like twenty years ago that this is what John Malkovich will be doing now. Yeah. For like, for no reason. Like, there's not been any. He is choosing this path. Yeah. And it's just really odd. Yeah, it is odd. It's. It's absolutely. It's like you say. It is. It it, it is like. A heady mix, of the first season of True Detective. Uh, Silence of Labs and Seven. Yeah, and the thing is, I can't, I can't disagree with you Ian, on any of your criticisms. You are correct. It is, it is objectively bad. My, it is Drek. My, my, my Lawrence genuinely looks tired. <laughs> like, like, not like he's acting. He's tired. awful in this. He genuinely looks tired. Yeah. Martin Lawrence in this movie looks looks like just having a stand. Is making him feel a little bit like he needs to sit down for a but while. But there's a thing on the trivia on IMDb that he took like acting coaching and like went all method for it. And it's like, really, Martin, for this? <laughs> <laughs> See that all oh, that always amuses me as well when people just make just just outright bad movies and then you realise how fucking seriously they've taken it as well. That always amuses me. The fact that Robert Nepper seemed to wear a different costume in every single scene. Yeah, did you? Alla, a little yeah, bit, what's his name? Like, art in the burbs was a little bit fucking weird. I like Robert Nepper. Wish he did more. Um, yeah, 
Mankage is, is, is without question not a good film. <laughs> like something like The Oxford Murders. It's not very good. It is very much... It, it, was, it was made for a reason that we might never know, but it probably involved money laundering. <laughs> well, be honest, Mark. What? You'll watch it again. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we need to underline that that is not a mark of quality. No. In fact, possibly the opposite. It'll be when we're heavy into one of our, like, kiss the girl type film when, when, runs. When we have when run, run out, out of, of Ashley yeah. Judd movies yeah, yeah. and all the other stuff and we go, ah, fuck it, I just put my cage on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I'm going, I am going Geostorm based on the amount of kind of what that I got. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know I can get that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm probably the same. Yeah. Because it's shit. Oh shit! Yeah. But I liked it. But I liked it. I like Martin Lawrence trying genuinely to not be funny, even though he's not been funny for twenty years. Method. I wore that entail, just not sleeping. <laughs> Probably. Wearing badly fitting suits. Not sleeping and just drinking shitloads of coffee. <laughs> Sorry, Ian. Absolute bullshit film. <laughs> like it's just it's the kind of like I you know it's the kind of thing that I I literally think I don't have enough life to live to sit through this. It definitely will not be one of the worst films I watched the year. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Our audience poll, Geostorm 100%. <laughs> nice. Fuck's really sake. <laughs> it just, I could, I could, I could, I could see it being, I can see it being entertaining if you're in the mood for it. Oh, that, that, that was it. We I, were very much in the mood for it. <laughs> but, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you've got, I I watched it at nine o'clock in the morning on fucking Christmas Eve. That's not the right time to watch this movie. No, no. This is a no. Tuesday night movie. You, you done fucked up there, Ian. Not gonna lie. Yeah. This is a no night movie, though. You know what I mean? Like it just I'm I'm not up late enough for the time of fucking night that you'd have to watch this film. Yeah, it's a late. Night I like watch. my sleep. Yeah, it's it, it, this is a this is a Tuesday night. With a, an ill-judged takeaway after ten o'clock kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. bullshit. Glad you liked it, idiots. <laughs> CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Stronger. Player two, choose your character. While well, you're in luck. Punter. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. (laughs) But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. (laughs) So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight! You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, 
all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just inning. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree... There's a lot to be said for that. You can't be a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join... Anna. And Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Ian, has there been any news this week? Yeah, um, continuing on my mardy bloody... I'm the... Yeah, I'm going to be the dickhead on on the show today. Not that you guys are ever dickheads. I'm just a dickhead. Um, Yeah, so um, kind of like Christmas box office in the US has been uh, something. I'm glad something is making money. I'm just really fucking annoyed that it's Avatar The Way of Water uh, and just the amount of money it's making and... I mean, in a way, I mean, I don't know. I'm really, really conflicted on it. And I think it's just because it is just... There is no oxygen for fucking anything else. Um, Like, nothing else is performing all that well. It's just all Avatar. And I just dearly, dearly wish there was another game in town. Not to necessarily take money off of Avatar, but just to do well as well. You know, like... Babylon is going to lose so much money for Paramount. So much money. Um, They've released it. They've fucked it over by releasing it, though. Now, who's going to see a movie like that in the week between Christmas and New Year? Yeah. Family movies, like fucking Avatar 2, are the ones that will do well in this week. Yeah, that is bonkers that that film's come out at the same time as Avatar and this week. Yeah, they've fucked it themselves. They... So they originally were going to go limited at Christmas and then go wide in January. And for some reason, they changed their minds there. And I've got a feeling it was basically because 
they know they just needed to get it out there and make as much money as they could because they knew that reviews were at best mixed. Obviously, none of us have seen it yet. There are some diehards for Babylon, but it also very much has a feel of a film that only film fans will like and not even all film fans will like it seems to be what's coming out of Babylon. I, I remain looking forward to it. Giselle's my boy. But I, I just the 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 failure of that, I wanna dance with somebody is not doing that great. The Puss in Boots film is I think it's on about thirty million so the far after a week down. of play. In in the US. Fucking hell. And it's done about thirty five million. That's the thing, like they of that there has been competition coming out and nothing's fucking sticking apart from bloody avatar and i just it, it's and i get it because you want to go you, you go see that film like big and whatnot but it seems like people are going again like jordan went to see it again he went to see it in the imax uh the other day and he said 11 a.m and it was full you know and I'm, I'm not surprised because you come in the screening for avatar at 11 a.m you ain't getting out until close to three that's it, so yeah. you know that that's a good chunk of your day done so i get it um i, I just yeah it, it's on about 1.1 billion at the moment um it is currently tracking um ahead of top gun maverick which finaled in the u.s with over 700 million dollars um and uh it, it's it's a hit and there will be another you know we're going to get the next one next year. And just my worry is that that will be the only game in town. No fucker will release anything the week before Rand. Nobody will release it uh, anything the same week or for the next two weeks after. That is my worry with Avatar now. And, and you know, and it just like these other films have come out, not made a lot of money. And that's just going to scare people. And I could, it, it, it feels cinema is in decent health, but it feels like it's fast becoming. You'll have it like like it was in the summer, basically one big film every three weeks, and then other things trying to like get in and get in and get some oxygen while they can. One good bit of news, I mean, like the menu is still doing well. That's done about thirty five million in the US. Uh, it's now done more than the favorite which is an interesting point of comparison, both Fox Search Live, uh, you know, kind of both for like adult audiences. So it's not that nothing's making money necessarily. It just, it will, like things are doing okay if you make them for a smaller budget. The likes of Babylon, where Paramount thought they were going to get a once upon a time in Hollywood, you know, that film did like several hundred million worldwide. They just did, you know, it, it it was never going to happen. I mean, like the first half an hour of that film sounds fucking wild and yeah. very off-putting that, to that people. Was so never going to make <laughs> was never going to make its budget back. It just wasn't. No, but I mean, it just I don't know. It's um, it's interesting between that and you know, like Glass Onion. If Netflix had just left that, let that play in cinemas, that would have made a lot of money. And then I don't know. There just there would have been something that's not Tuvatar, but hey, here we are. Mafregan's out in a couple of weeks, so that's something. Yeah, hopefully the the, the blue it boys just, will have run out of energy there a little like, bit, and we'll, we'll Mafregan it. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's just like there's nothing even out on like New Year's Day. There's, there's, there's fucking, there's nothing out. Um, but that, and then the, the that, week that's after, because there is usually something out. Yeah, this, yeah, this there is. Like a, there is. Babylon seems like a New Year's Day kind of release, though. Grown ups go to the cinema on New Year's. Yeah, yeah. We've got another and it's just weeks, the third weekend of Avatar. Um, Empire of Light, for some fucking reason, is coming out on Monday the 9th. It's like, yeah. just stick that out in New Year's Day. At least it's something for an adult audience in the cinema. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's an odd one. I mean, like Cineworld, you can go to an unlimited screening of Till on New Year's Day because nothing says, um, like, celebrating New Year's Day like a two-and-a-half-hour-long film about the lynching of a young black child. Um, <laughs> to, to be fair, I think the, the last film I went to see on or around New Year's Day... I think was the gentleman, and before that, it was silence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, same actually. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's. I'm glad that cinemas have got people coming in for popcorn and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I'm, I'm not sure what the performance of films around Avatar say. That that's what worries me. Not necessarily Avatar. Just the fact that it feel, feels like nothing else is really touching the sides at the moment. Happy New Year. It. Yeah, Corsage came out on Boxing Day. I'm sure that's made £50. Because usually our park went down it's usually got like five or six different movies playing, doesn't it? At least. Mm. It's a weirdly high amount. Um, so on Sunday, so the 1st of um, January, we have Loud Loud Crocodile, Corsage, playing quite a lot actually, Roll Dolls, Matilda the Musical, I Want Dance with Somebody, and um, Avatar the Way of Water. See, I think that fucking Whitney Houston movie has muddied the waters a little bit. Yeah, they don't go fucked up with that one, haven't they? Yeah, they have, yeah. It's taken a slot off a, a proper movie where it looks like a bad fucking Hallmark biography. Mm. Ah, Pulp Fiction's getting a screening at oh on Monday the sixteenth of Jan. Oh, okay. at, at the Parkway. Should we do it? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Edward Scissorhands is as well. That's brilliant. Um. So yeah, right. Uh. Oh. Um. Did we do it last week? That 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 Black Adam is 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 no more. I wasn't here. I think either. so. I was busy yeah, dying. We last week, didn't we? It's no more. Black Adam. Go. Without creating so much of a splash. No. The, um, yeah. Nary a ripple. Yes. Trailers. There hasn't been many, has there? No. We struggled <laughs> to find uh, one. Pardon me. Yeah. Have you seen any trailers, Ian? Because. Just thinking found, now. We found one. <laughs> What is it? Of an age. I zoned out halfway through this trailer. I've got one other, but I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't either, because I kind of zoned out halfway through the trailer as well. Does not bode well. No, it did did not bode well. It it looked like a movie that was made 30 years ago, Mm. and then somebody's found it. Mm. (laughs) But I bet it looked good 30 years ago. Yeah, maybe it's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, not even sure it's about genuinely no. zoned completely out. Yeah. And it it seems like it might be all right, actually. There's yeah. some good imagery in it. Don't have a fucking clue what it's about. There's a man who's a dancer. I think, yeah. And he, he, he... A Serbian ballroom dancer experiences an unexpected and intense 24-hour romance with a friend's older brother. Did not get that from the trailer, but 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 I'm more interested now. Yeah. How long is it? It's. Let's <clears throat> there. Let's say the top. I'm trying to go to the top. You keep jabbing at my fucking screen. You weren't scrolling. An hour thirty nine. Yeah, I could watch that. Dickhead. What did you catch it? Uh, so uh, a knock at the cabin. Well, knock at the cabin. Yeah, the, we, the new trailer we for that. Didn't watch this because I think you said that it has a bit in the trailer that is a bit like, ooh. Can yeah, I wish, I wish I didn't know the stuff in uh, the, the some of the stuff in the trailer. I'll be absolutely honest. Um, Ian. Um. Sorry, just had a random ask from my sister whether I could she could have our Apple TV login. Um. Sorry. Um. Uh. Yes, I would do that in a in a bit. Um. Yeah, it, it it reveals a bit more about why they think the end of the world is happening. And there, in particular, there's an aspect that kind of like then it kind of follows up on that, which I, I, I would have rather have been surprised by the film on, which was an angle I wasn't anticipating. But um, look, it I, I, I like I like Shyamalan enough. I'm up for giving uh, up for giving this a go. Uh, it's going to be cool to see Dave Bautista get a nice chunky part. Um, we'll we'll see what comes of it. You know, it comes out February. Kind of feels like just a nice one to tide you over in February, really. So yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I, I, I'm with that. With that, I'm going to go into it going. I I hope this is one of the Shyamalan ones that clicks with me. Um, well, keep keep going, it's him. Uh, but yeah, but that, I, I, it feels like a good February watch, like you say that. Mm. That feels like sort of movie you should be watching in February. That and um, is it Ant Man in February? I don't know. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 That's all right. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, but yeah, guys, that, there hasn't been a lot of trailers, uh, probably because it's been Christmas. Uh, but a lot of featurettes, though. Um, and I don't like watching featurettes because they often give away too much about what a film might be. So yeah, what else have we got? Right, so well, let's go. Let's go to the main event. <laughs> yes, uh, Glass Onion, um, a knives out mystery. Uh, Ryan Johnson has come out and said that he's pissed off that uh, about to add a knives out mystery that he just wanted to be called Glass Onion, yeah. but understands why it's called Glass Onion, a knives out mystery. Mm. Um, yeah, so we see what's his name, Daniel Craig, uh, return as Benoit Blanc, uh, but also now we've got Ed Norton, uh, Janelle Monáe. Uh, well, I, I was swallowing them when I said that came out as a weird noise. <laughs> You've called Janelle Monáe, but Janelle Monáe. That became my Junior Smollett, didn't it? Catherine Harvey, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Jessica Henwick, um, Madeline Klein, who our daughter seems really angry about for some reason. <laughs> uh, 
Really? Yeah. Um, uh, Noah Segan and uh, voices and other people uh, appear as well. Um, oh. What? Oh, it was on a whole different show. I was going to say, I forgot to say on Aladdin, I really enjoyed Billy Magnuson. Billy Magnuson's always great in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. Uh, what does what does IMDb say? Um, Finn's Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his latest case. Go on, then. <laughs> <laughs> Becky. Yeah. Glass onion. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I'm still not 100% sure, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I enjoyed it. It just it felt really flimsy in comparison to the first one. Um, it just it, like it had less gravity to it. And I, I, like I said to you before we before we watched it, when the um, images from it came out, I, I cannot now unsee the fact that Edward Norton looks like Michael Flatley off of the front of Blackbird in it. <laughs> that really bothers me. Um, which of course we'll we, we watch soon aren't we yeah yeah <laughs> um, do you know what yeah it, it's perfectly enjoyable and entertaining I just I, I think I maybe just expected more from it really somehow it just felt a bit waffy oh whereas the first was so you know deep and meaningful and powerful No, on rewatch again. No, I didn't. I didn't enjoy uh, Knives Out as much on rewatch just before watching this as I did when I first watched it. Because you were a big fan, weren't you? Yeah. I, don't know, I, I said to you just after we'd watched it, Benoit Blanc as a character felt more caricature-y in this to me than he did in the first one. Okay. Just a bit less convincing as the person. Ian, how was your rewatch of it? Yeah, so I think what Becky just said there is interesting because the the first crack at it for like the first forty five minutes or so, I was just like, it doesn't feel like the character from the first one. Like he's very into everything, and yeah. he knows all these people. He's super excited to be there, but then there's that kind of reveal that. He know he kind of like he he knows there's a greater mystery and he's putting on a character. Yeah. Um. And on. And but that that that's the thing. And it was like I was thinking that during the film, and then I kind of cottoned onto it. Like I I feel like that is on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I've I've heard multiple people saying this and it's interesting because it feels like it's not landed as well with like certain areas of the like film hive mind as as it kind of was like the the, the screening i went to people were fucking loving it like loving it having the best time and on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of people just being like, "Oh, it's very, very pleased with itself," and you know, it's very broad. That's that's one thing I've seen multiple times actually. People saying that it's broad, 
It's like, what? You mean it's made for quite a wide audience? <laughs> and it, it's trying to, you know, be entertaining to people. That's... What a bastard. I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> what an absolute cunt Ryan Johnson is for making a film that may be just trying to be fun mm. and have a bit of a comment on society, but have some fun with it. Not like basically, I really, really like this film. Second time round, really cemented it for me. There's some terrific shit second time round. Um, when I'm mean, all spoilers all the time. When Daniel Craig and Jen, uh, 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 Helen, um, like encounter each other just before she's shot. And it's before you know what's going on. Mm. He actually shouts Helen at her. Oh, does he? And you just... Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, and I only caught that second time round because I knew first time round, you just... It's in one ear, out the other. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, like, George pointed this out, but the whole Ed Norton basically dressing like... So, like when they all meet first, yeah. he's dressed like Tom Cruise in Magnolia. Yeah, we noticed later that. On. I, he's, he's... I message you, yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, forgive me. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been having two separate conversations because Jord did say that to me as well. Um, so apologies. But then later on, he's dressed as Steve Jobs. Yeah, he's dressed as Steve Jobs. Yeah, like, yeah, as it goes on, when it's the, when the play pull, yeah, he's dressed as Steve Jobs. And it? No, when he's in the office, he's dressed as Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what, Ian? I'm just I, I, I touched you then and went, no, he's fucking Steve Jobs. Yeah. I'm just going to interrupt for a second to say, absolutely fuck my opinion on it being a caricature because he was playing a caricature character that was an exaggerated version of himself and I hadn't even twigged that. So yeah, fuck, fuck me. Just no, but I mean, I that, but that, 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 that's... And that's the thing. Like, a lot of people seem to be getting tripped up and having that specific complaint and it's just like, it's absolutely on purpose. Yeah. But it... it you know, it, it's you. You do have to kind of think on that a bit, but and and also, I wonder whether some people, obviously not you included, because of what you just said. But I wonder if some people are a little bit. Well, this film thinks it's smarter than I am. Does it? Yeah. Fuck this film. <laughs> I, I I I think there is a bit of that to some reactions as well. So that. Yeah. yeah, people don't like to. People don't like to feel like they've been duped. People like to feel like the they're in on it. That's, that's the point of a mystery. I, 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 the thing is... But in the first one, you are kind of in on it, I guess, aren't you? For, for much of the movie. Whereas in, in this, the reveal is the reveal. It's the ending of the movie. Yeah. It's when he gets... See, and that's, that's another thing that I haven't twigged. When he gets angry and starts telling them exactly what's fucking happened, yeah. that's when he feels like the Benoit Blanc from the first movie. Because he is. I, 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 I do enjoy earlier though where he literally he literally destroys the whole thing it's like straight away like, <laughs> are we starting now yes right <laughs> he just yeah. explains it all I like that because it's like he's almost sat down and gone this isn't even that smart yeah yeah a lot of very self-satisfied people just getting fucking like shown up for what they are <laughs> yeah. in like a few short sentences is a lot of fun yeah yeah and Norton, Norton plays it brilliantly. Norton plays it. He really does. Dickhead, fantastically. I think they're all quite good, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. 
the cast is all is all very is all very very fun. It's the thing. I think it's it. It starts to kind of like reveal itself the more it goes, and I like that that it builds. Mm. I I wasn't as enamoured as everybody else by Knives Out. I I I enjoyed Knives Out the minute they left the mansion. Yeah. Yeah, it knives yeah. out. It, for me, the film lost it. For me, it should have been a one location <laughs> film. It it, it, it was. It, it left the mansion. They spent too much time out of it. This, it had those bits outside of the uh, of the island, but I can see why they were there, and it was it was. Contained within like the framework of the island. Yeah, yeah, because so it was like a flashbacky one. Yeah, so that I think it, it got away with more, um, and the replaying of bits over and over. I think it was played with quite well. It's yeah. a very, it's a, a another very well written story, and it's a it, it's a lot of fun. I like it when films do that when they when they run back over things you've already seen, but they peel back an extra layer and you see the bits you hadn't. Much like an onion. Yes. Um, but you've got good characters. They built the characters quite well. They're all dickheads though, aren't they? It is. I like the, the St. Elmo's fiery idea of them all meeting at a bar. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the only one that was vaguely likeable was the, the um, trophy girlfriend character. Yeah. Yeah. Because but... she's the only one that's not one of them. Yeah, but even she's yeah, a piece of shit, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, like, the, literally, and this was less of a thing on second watch as well, but literally, the only one who I think is maybe a little bit superfluous is Jessica Henwick, um, the uh, the assistant to Kate Hudson. Yeah. Peg. Who, Peg, yeah. Like, I felt like she needed another scene to really like cement why she was there um you know like she kind of like there's a couple of reactions that she has early on to like Benoit Blanc like co- like talking to people and kind of like calling things out and stuff and like I, I felt like her character like needed some other kind of motivation other than I don't want to lose my job um yeah it's a fairly strong motive but it's fine but it, but it, but it's fine. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's a great deal of fun. There's just so many. I, d- I don't know. It just, it, it feel, it, it, it's fun. It's entertaining, and it feels like some people are de- reacting to it uh, with, yeah. But what have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is an element of that. Um, a lot of the Elon Musk bros on Twitter are real angry about it as well, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Tw- oh I bet the, 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 the Twitter algorithm, uh, the, the, the Musky algorithm, is is definitely <laughs> skewed towards showing you negative things yeah, about yeah. this movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the I I was constantly amused by the Joseph Gordon-Levitt dong. <laughs> it's a good dong. I saw Jessica. Yeah, it's it. I thought that was Ethan Hawke. Yeah. yeah. How did you not know that was Ethan Hawke when I said, 
Ethan Hawke. No, you didn't. I don't think I did. No. Yeah, and I mean, like, the Hugh Grant bit's great. Yeah. Like, I just, and again, like, no, obviously nobody knew about that in my screening. Because when that happened, like, massive laughter. Donna didn't know about it. when, And when she saw it, she was like, oh! You know, it, it, it's... It, yeah, I... Yeah, I... I, I, I genuinely it's a, hope it, that he's in the next one. But again, literally, just for a flash of a second, yeah. again. And I, not I, like a building character. I think he will. Like, the minute they start actually focusing on Benoit Blanc in one of these films is when they're going to start losing the thread. Yeah, he he literally has got to be just, like, the bit that ties everything together. Yeah. I did enjoy his his Zoom friends, though, just being the actual people. Like, they weren't... You want Angela Lansbury playing a character that he knows. It was Angela Lansbury playing Angela Lansbury. (laughs) And Natasha Lyonne and... Who else was on there? Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it would make sense that he'd be friends with Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Natasha Leone's a bit like, oh, left field, but why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I could see a world where that would happen. It all, but it almost feels a little bit like Rian Johnson is friends with these people and thought, do you know what? <laughs> this would be funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, J- Johnson's doing a detective show with Natasha Leone called Poker Face. Oh, yes. Um, so, I mean, like, but why Benoit Blanc would be friend, friends with her now, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, but why would he be friends with Stephen Sondheim? You know, but... And again, again, it just, that, that all just... It's just fun. I don't know. And I mean, like, is it indulgent? Yeah, but it's glass onion. But it's also indulgent having Noah Segan in it as well, but really quite fun. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, quite. I, having him the amount that he's in it as well, like just randomly cropping up in the back of going, I'm not here. <laughs> but then I kept thinking, oh, Daryl's the key to something. But he's not going to be. But he never is. But he, he, the good thing is you know he's not going to be because then it's making a character out of him. And he's not there. He's just there as Rian Johnson's lucky fucking <laughs> charm. I, I, I really like that. Yeah, Janelle Monáe, good. Again, at first, I was just like, why are people so fucking enraptured by Janelle Monáe? And it's like, oh, that's why. Okay. She plays two different characters, like, convincingly, but also a character playing a character convincingly as well. Like, the kind of, like, the running joke they start to incorporate with her discovering alcohol... (laughs) Yeah. is fucking brilliant. Oh, with the hard kombucha? Um, the hard kombucha. <laughs> and it, it's like, she's like figuring it all out and like, it, it, Blanc's just like, I think you need to take up drinking. You are nailing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are so good when you're drinking. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. Just... Loads of funny lines. You get a proper fucking boo hiss villain in the third act, <laughs> yeah. and it and it all just plays off really well. I mean, just like the ending with like the burning of the Mona Lisa. It's just it's it's and just uh, the whole Johnson writing a character saying 
this is all so fucking stupid. It's blowing my mind how stupid it is. The one thing that you did with any panache was my idea. Yeah. You know, like... <clears throat> but just... Yeah, where Johnson it's, it's inverted. It's like, oh my God, that's so clever. And he's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that point was good. But I mean, that, I mean just like that element of... This, like almost like coming up with a really shit like um plot and then just calling out the fact that it is shit and it's actually mind-numbing and annoying to him how shit it is it is it, it's just really cheeky and again like the thing is if you're not on this film's wavelength i could i could see it being a little bit nails on chalkboard it's i suppose it's like me with avatar in a way where it, it but then again but I, I think way of water is fine but it's like people who are into those films are fucking in to those films yeah and when they're talking about how into those films that they are i'm like oh for fuck's sake i just don't want to listen to this like with, with but so with glass onion it is so indulgent and you know it is a little bit look at my famous friends i i think that's fair um but also i don't know it's a holly it's a hollywood who done it yeah and it's people having fun and you know after after co like with all the covid like protocols and whatnot like what a relief it must have been for these people to come together and film this. I mean, I mean, it must have been very cathartic, um, and I think I, I I think that sense of just fun translates into the film as well. Um, it is it is broader than Knives Out. It is glossier than Knives Out, um, but kind of almost sets with the the the, the theming of. The, you know, it's filmed in like Greece as opposed to bloody cold Canada or whatever the first one was. Sorry, I'm monologuing a bit. And it just like, I wish there were more films like this. And yeah. Well, that's it. You, you go away from this film at the end of it going, or I did it anyway, going, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one of those in 18 months' time. Yeah, definitely. You know, the how many will get made, who knows? But we know we've got at least another one. You never fucking know in Netflix, do you? <coughs> well, no, they bought the rights to two, didn't they? Did they? For an insane amount of money. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, definitely not shit. Um, actually, got up in my estimations of what I thought about it. Yeah, same. They're definitely not shit. Nice. Uh, our audience poll is boop-a-doop-a-doop boop uh, oh fuck I ate it and I went off it by boop-a-dooping too emphatically oh, I did it again <laughs> like Mark can't use a phone is the theme of today's episode definite shit 88% touching cloth 6% and shit 6% so yeah uh, Ian, what have you been watching this week? Okay, so Christmas ones I managed to get done. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Actually, I will talk slightly on that. Watch the extended one with the new 
well, with the old musical number reinserted. Uh, I can see why they deleted it. Absolutely kills the pacing of the film. Not a great song. Michael Caine's reactions in it, not bad. But not a great song. Does make more sense with with it being in the end now. But yeah, not a great song. Oh, but I disagree. I think it needs that song. I think it needs that song to like... Nope dehumanize him and sort of say how kind of give you an indicator of how he ends up where he ends up and cold and like just closed off i don't care no no you don't i i hate the fact that the version that we've got doesn't have the song in it it's on disney plus there you go watch disney plus next time rather than the the itunes iTunes version so the one that we've paid for is not as good as the fair play Cool. Uh, also watch Christmas Vacation. Looks great in 4K. It's Christmas Vacation. Don't need to talk about it. It's past Christmas now. Uh, my one other for this week. Um, man, we're going to have a short show this week. Christ. We are racing through. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, alright, well, I, I don't know, it's between Christmas and New Year, a lot of podcasts don't even put out episodes, so y- you're welcome. Um, or I could talk for half an hour about Alien vs. Predator. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I won't, but, um, so Alien vs. Predator, which I don't think I'd actually seen since the fucking cinema, you know, um, uh, it will always blow my mind that this film is just on Disney Plus. Wild, um, but but there you go. It's, um, it's, it's AVP Requiem on Disney Plus as well. It is. <gasps> it is. Yes. Uh, which that film, which I will not rewatch again because it's fuck it. There's just a bit. There's there's a bit in that that's just fucking gross. <laughs> Like the where the alien eggs are put at one point. <laughs> I, I, what not? I like Requiem. It's shit, but I like it. <laughs> hmm. Um. But yeah, a, a, AVP. So, and again, I don't know whether this is just because I'm down on the general happenings of cinema at the moment but i thought this was all right it's all right it's it's perfectly it's it's fine you know it's um they spent the pacing of the film is really weird because they spend an uh, a long time like half the film setting up characters who then just get picked off very quickly. Yeah. Like, Ewan Bremner plays a guy who is introduced like, showing photos of his kids to Sana Lathan's lead. And, you know, he's just like, you know, I wanted to do something exciting to tell my kids about. And then he gets, uh, like, um, uh, separated off from other people and whatnot, and he um, uh, at one point, oh god, I I can't remember the flow now, but it's like he gets separated off. You you, and then he's with another guy, and he's just like, "Have you got any kids?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've got one. I've got two. Yeah, so we can't give up. 
you know, we can't give up. We've got to fight for them. And then 30 seconds later, um, he's taken off by an alien. And then the next time you see him, he's fucking cocooned. And he manages to, like, get one alien to fuck off. But he's then just, like, rav- like just ravaged by a bunch of others. And it's just like, did you and Brenda just piss off Paul W.S. Anderson on set or something? Because <laughs> he's got this character who's like, well, I've got to fight for my kids. And then he's just, like, treated really, really badly. And it just there's, there's a mean spiritedness to, to to like the, the that character arc specifically, which I just found really odd. But Sana Lathan, who I didn't really know at the time, she's the she's the lead in Gina Prince Bythewood's debut film Love and Basketball, and she's really fucking good in that. So I feel like Paul W S Anderson like knew of her from that film and was just like, right, I'm going to pluck you out of this. And she hasn't done an awful lot notable since, at least as far as I'm aware. Um, and she's bloody good. She's a, a a character who, I'll be honest, if this film was released now, I think people would go, oh, it, Alien's gone woke then, is it? You know, and it, it, you know, forgetting you know Ripley. But um, a young black woman who is right basically all the fucking time and only agrees to go along with the expedition because she's like, if this other guy leads you, you're going to get killed. So I'm just going to lead you because like you've got a lesser chance of being killed. It's like entirely selfless. Um, And she's strong. She's capable. She kicks ass. Really, really good character. And like I say, if this film was released now, people would be like, no, I'm not not having it. No, no, no. Because she's only got a doctorate in blah, blah, blah. And that means that she couldn't do this. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that she's a black woman. (laughs) It's because she doesn't have the right degree. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, so I think it's well shot. Um, The film... Uh, you know, Paul W. Sanderson obviously knows aliens and predators. I mean, maybe not the gestation cycle of the of, of the facehuggers, um, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, and, I mean, there is a bit where a facehugger leaps at someone and it does some speed ramping, which is a bit odd, but I don't know, it's Paul W. Sanderson coming off of Resident Evil. Um, I mean, this is the film that he basically left the Resident Evil franchise for a bit to do. Yeah. Um, and um yeah it's pacey i think it's about 80 minutes before like 12 minutes of credits or something like that like the credits are really really long um and it it's just it's almost kind of like the minimum viable what you want this to be but it's got production value it's got a decent score lance henriksen's good uh, like um, a good value in it like i say the lead's good um it's absolutely serviceable. Yeah, it, 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 it's, and, but, it's, it's exactly as yeah. good as that movie should be. Yeah, I mean, look, hey, it's better than Alien Resurrection. Um, and it's... Actually, I'm not going to say it's better than Predator 2. But I, I, I think maybe it's objectively it might be... Sorry? It's not better than Predator 2. Yeah, okay, no, fair <laughs> enough. But it, it, it is better than Alien Resurrection and... I would 
watch AVP again before I watch Alien Covenant again, despite Fassbender. Yeah. That, that, I, I do want to re-watch Covenant. I won't watch Premier the games. I can't be bothered. I just don't think it's very good. Uh, but I have only seen Covenant, I think, the once in the cinema. And I need to... I, I might re-watch that at some point. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and it very just very quickly in um, non-film related, I started the Last of Us PS5 remake. I am playing through that game for the third time and it looks fucking brilliant. How many times you played there that? There you go, mix? that's me. Last of Us, the first game. Yeah. I think I've probably played it through four, four times. Um... So you've played it through maybe four times, and how many times have you played it, Ian? Uh, this is my third, I think. This is your third. And how many times have you both played the second one? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm playing this because the show starts in a couple of weeks, and I want to reacquaint myself. I will play through The Last of Us Part 2 at some point in 2023. I'm going to do it. It's yeah, I've I've not got anywhere near completing it. It just doesn't have the same vibe as the first one, to be honest. I think the fact that what happens to Joel happens to Joel fairly early in, and then you're just kind of left with Ellie and this new character. It's a bit like you know, I don't want you. Ooh, That's not why else. I'm here. Yeah. It. It, it, it is a very, very aggressive fuck you first couple hours of the game. Yeah, and... Um, and I get, I, get, I get the point because the choice that Joel makes at the end of the, of the first game it is one that, you know, like in the great terms of morality of the world, he probably shouldn't have a happy ending. But it, it is just, yeah, the the way that you are with Joel and Ellie for that first game and, you know, within the first couple of hours of part two, Joel's dead. I mean, yes, there are flashback sequences and whatnot later on, but you are then playing the game as Ellie and then Abby. Yeah, fuck Abby. It, it's just such a weirdly different... It was... And I, I yeah, I mean... I 100% bounced off of it because I was just like, whoa, no, thank you. But I know I need to give it a go and I need to get through that because I'm sure what that game is trying to say will be very profound and engaging like the first one is. But it just, it's, there's a very, very high degree of difficulty there if you are someone who really liked The Last of Us with Joel and Ellie's relationship. Yeah, because Abby, Abby's the one that, that kills Joel, isn't she? And then you've got to play as her. Yeah. And it's like, I'm. Uh-huh. so hang on a second, I'm going to have to be her and take care of her and make sure she doesn't die. Nah, fuck that. It, it very much but it's like, <laughs> Yeah, it, and it did me as well, but I, I, like, I, I do want to see what the justification for that is. Because, do you know, and sorry, because this is a non-film tangent, but do you know... Abby's kind of like relationship why she kills Joel no shall I tell you no I'm going to play it once okay. Mark fits, fits the so, eject button on our PlayStation I'm going to play it 
Yeah, we do need a new internet nice. button on our PlayStation because yeah. it doesn't work currently. <coughs> oh, bloody hell. So it's yeah. great if you want to so, play yeah. Resident Evil. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So there's... Yeah, the reason why she does that, I'm kind of like, all right, fine. Isn't there like a whole I, s- I, I, I understand. Isn't there a whole section in number two where you where you're um, Ellie and Joel just going around like some kind of fucking museum and looking at shit? I don't know. It's right at the start. I'm sure it is. And then like, there's a real sweet bit. I don't know, Becky. I don't know why you're looking at me. Sure it's, it's definitely not right at the start. I mean, I've I've played up to um, Ellie and the uh, uh, the, the the something, the girl, the like the girlfriend, yeah. the, um, them riding around in Seattle. I've played up to there, and there's nothing with Joel and Ellie walking around in a museum before that. Yeah, fair enough. I might be imagining it. Then. Might be from the other one. What have you been watching, Rebecca? Mm. Um, on my own, I have watched... That was your last one, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, I started talking about video games, so yeah, you're good, don't worry. Right, a lot of Christmas movies, which I'll just list and then say they're bangers, because they are. Um, I'm assuming you spoke about Holiday last week. Yeah, yeah, but you've also got these, haven't you? So you can give us your thoughts on on these ones. There'll be like thousands then. That's fine, (laughs) if we've got time. Um... Okay. Um, Pinocchio. Um, it's very much just kind of like bounced off me, to be honest. I, I think I need to maybe give it a bit of a rewatch. It's 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 good, and it's got some good imagery. But I just I don't find the Pinocchio story particularly compelling. No. It's kind of boring. Um, and it goes in different directions than the Disney one which I'm assuming are more accurate to the actual fairy tale but I don't know because the only one I'm familiar with really is the Disney one and I've never been like I say particularly motivated to find out what the actual story is um, but yeah it's it's, it's alright it's better than that other one apparently it, it is <laughs> it is much much better than um yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that's all I missed really because I've not watched the end of Bardo yet. I've not watched the end. No. Um, I've not not got to it. Bardo's fucking weird though, isn't it? Yeah. Where I'm up to, I could. I said to you, I could have really lived with all the Matteo stuff. Yeah. Fair enough. Did not need to keep seeing that baby's head popping out and getting shoved back in there. No. No. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's that's the ones that I missed that you spoke about last week. Um, and obviously, the classic movie, Holiday. Fucking banger. So, what's that new one that's got Emma Roberts in? And We did him. watch trailer for that, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. And him, but well, it's not that? a sequel. Right. Let me, I'll, do your next film, I'll find, I'll find what it's called. Okay. <laughs> Well, the Christmas movies that I watched, which were all amazing, um, I watched Christmas Chronicles Part 2 because Isabel was watching it when I came downstairs and I didn't feel like it was necessary to rewatch the first one, so that, that was fun. Um, not as good as the first one, but still good. Um, I watched Klaus. Klaus is lovely and just like really 
just really lovely. Um, Scrooged, I watched on... I watched it a bit early this year because I knew that I won't be able to watch it at Christmas Eve. Um, I fucking love Scrooged. It, that will that will that is one mm. of the ones that is just like every single year it's getting watched. Um, we watched Krampus on Krampus night, didn't we? We did watch Krampus on Krampus. Well, I, I, that, that's that's one we did together. Oh, of course, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. This fucking incomplete version. It would have, yeah. That I reminded myself. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. We watched that together. And I think that's it Christmas-wise. So, yeah, I'm drawing a line under the Christmas movie chatter because it's, it's, the, it's the weird week. We don't need to talk about Christmas anymore. So, <clears throat> find, have you found that thing? Right, so it's a film called Maybe I Do, right? <laughs> Michelle yeah. and Alan, which are... Um, two leads out of Holiday. Yeah, it's, it's Emma Roberts and Luke Bracey from Holiday are in a relationship. They decide to invite their parents to finally meet about their marriage. Turns out, the parents already know one another well, which leads to some differing uh, differing opinions about marriage. So basically, the trailer gives away that um, her her dad is having an affair with his mum and his mum is having an affair with her dad. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they all meet... (laughs) They all meet... And the her mum is played by um, Diane Keaton, and her dad is played by William H Macy. Oh, is that right? No, by Diane Keaton and uh, Richard. Ge- her dad's played by Richard Gere. And his mum is Susan Sarandon, and dad is William H Macy. Fucking hell! Yeah, I'm just watching. Going, I will watch the ever living fuck out of this movie. <laughs> Emma Roberts popped up and we're like, oh god, can you imagine if it was like a sequel to Holiday? And then he turned up and we were like, oh, but it isn't. It's not, but it should be. <laughs> Randomly, it's Michael Jacobs' uh, return to <laughs> filmmaking. Who's that? He did Quiz Show. Oh wow, bloody hell! <laughs> that was the last. That's the last film he did. Bloody hell! Yeah. But yeah, it's it's released in January. And I cannot wait. (laughs) Oh, dear me. Okay, so back onto my ones. Um, I watched Ink Heart on my own. Yep. Which I was eagerly anticipating dropping on Netflix. You're excited about Ink Heart dropping on Netflix. I fucking love Ink Heart. It's it's just this real weird fucking movie that has no... I want any sequels. It's not part of like anything bigger it's just like this this little island of itself and it's and it's just really good um i'm a brief kind of thing um brendan fraser plays a oh god what is it golden something golden tongue or something like that um and if he reads sections out of a book the characters from said book can bleed into the real world um but it kind of manifests itself differently for for different people that have this um, gift, I guess. And with his, if he reads someone out, then someone goes in, um, um, and he loses his wife to the book Ink Heart, and then spends like years trying to get her back. And but then there's another man that has the same kind of power, but he has a stammer. So when he reads people out of the book, 
no one gets sucked into the book but they come out with like writing on their face and like with defects so like they're they're incomplete kind of um transfers i guess um yeah it's just it's just really fucking good it's a really good like little adventure film yeah, I quite enjoy it. Nice. Silver tongue, that's it, not golden tongue. Um, so yeah, Ink Heart. Oh, watched Master of the Universe as well, because why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> it's one of those films that I've got like a real nostalgia for from my childhood. There's not, there's not many of them to be honest. Yeah. That I associate with, like, but Master of the Universe is fucking great. I think that was the first film I saw at the cinema. Who'd you go with? Uh, well, I went with somebody else. <laughs> and I woke up for that one. I was like five. Yeah, you would have been like four or five. Yeah. Fair. Um, it's it's just I, really fucking I think good. It's the first one I remember going to see at the cinema. Yeah. It, it, I, I just feel like you don't get family movies like that anymore, and I yeah. know that sounds like like real old person shit to say, but they're all real sanitized and. Like they've been through several different fucking focus groups to make sure they're appropriate, and and Master of the Universe just just isn't, no. and and it's good for it, and I think like you don't get many kids horror movies that are actually a little bit scary anymore either, and it, it's good to be scared a little bit. So and Master of the Universe is quite scary. Like Frank Langella as Skeletor is terrifying. Yeah. Um, so yeah and then because I'd watched Master of the Universe it reminded me that I also really like the movie Zathura A Space Adventure <laughs> well, of course obviously so I watched that as well did not realise that that's a, a sequel to Jumanji like at the time when it was released it just got like real heavy grief for being a rip off of Jumanji yeah. it's not it's written mm. by the same author and is a sequel to Jumanji yeah, yeah. so the, the grief it got was really quite undeserved Clearly. <laughs> um, it just feels like a secret Jumanji. It is. It is. Which just feels like one. But it is. Yeah, why didn't they just make a secret Jumanji? Wait a minute, this is a secret Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but just with a different game, so a different like universe to get lost in. So um Yeah, there's some timey wimey shit goes on with it, uh some alternate universe stuff. I won't give it away because I don't think it's a very heavily watched movie, but um it's got Dax Shepherd. And Dax Shepard's. Dax Shepard's in it? Yeah. I know that. <laughs> it's the, like the astronaut yeah, or some yeah, shit, isn't it? Yeah. I watched it. <laughs> Have you not seen it? No. Oh my god. I, it's probably the only exact Dax Shepard movie I've not seen. <laughs> it probably is, yeah. But I've seen Chips. Chips. Fair. Um, Alright, next, next time I get an urge to watch it, I'll, uh, I'll, get, you, I'll get you involved. Um, I also watched Willy's Wonderland, because. Yeah. 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 I really fucking love that film. It's so good. Nice. I probably watch that like at least twice a year. I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was fine. I couldn't watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just feel if that was me, you'd take the piss. No, <laughs> because <laughs> it's good. You you rewatch shit ones. Louise Wonderland's really good. I just like. I just like. Like how enigmatic he is as the character in that. The fact that he just doesn't speak throughout, and that he's like he's got his little timer set, and then he, if he'll be like in the middle of killing one of these animatronic things, then he just goes and plays fucking pinball and drinks an energy drink. It's just weird. It's just a weird fucking film. Um, 
What else did I watch? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I rewatched a Cure for Wellness. Why? Good reason why you rewatched Cure for Wellness. Because I remembered liking it well enough, but then like a lot of people making a real big deal about it being way deeper than it than it seemed on when I first watched it. So I wanted to watch it to see if it was. And is it? It is not. <laughs> it's not. Its story is messy as fuck. I enjoyed Cure for Wellness. It's fine, but the story's so messy. But it's atmospheric. Yeah. And it's fucking... It, it's got an odd vibe to itself. It does have a real weird vibe. Can I ask a question about Mia Goth? Yeah. Does she have some kind of medical condition that means that she doesn't have eyebrows? Or is that a sartorial choice she's made? <laughs> it's a sartorial choice she's made. Fair enough. <laughs> like, being in a relationship with Shia LaBeouf. I can see that, though. They're both, like, heavy weird, aren't they? Yeah. I, I, like when you see her in interviews and stuff when you see her performances you kind of like is, is there something wrong with her like mental age wise like she talks very little girly like in I interviews think it, I stuff. think that's all part of her oeuvre part of her image that she's created yeah. fair enough so yeah Cure for Wellness it's fine story's messy it's got no hidden depths okay uh I can't even knock this other part back. I thought I liked two. So, uh, me and Isabel rewatched The Brothers Grimm. Oh, God, she did. <laughs> we watched that a lot when she was little. Yeah. And she said, to, she, I said, oh, Brothers Grimm's on whatever streaming service it was I'd found it on. Do you want to watch it? And she's like, oh, yeah, I really do because I tried to watch it on my own not so long ago and then it scared me too much. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> this is the one with the boy with no face, isn't it? And I was like, sure, maybe. No, it is the one with the boy with no face. And he gets eaten by a mud monster from a well. That's what Isabel says it's the scariest movie she's ever seen. What? Beavis and Butthead to America. <laughs> what? Why? Weirded out by Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> okay. Don't blame her. Um, Brothers Grimm's really good fun. It's a, good, it's a fun movie, that, actually. Yeah. It's such such an oddity as well. Like, it's Matt Damon and Heath Ledger yeah. playing the Brothers Grimm as con artists who realise they don't want to be con artists anymore because something real happens. And then they just go off to write stories and become the actual Brothers Grimm we know and love. It's, it's really fucking weird. And Monica Bellucci's there. Of course. It, it's such a peculiar film. It's Terry Gilliam doing like a good Terry Gilliam. They're all good Terry Gilliams. They're not all good Terry Gilliams. Um, and then today I watched The Book of Life. <laughs> the Book of Life, it's really fucking good. It's, it's you could double bullet with Coco I've got over my kind of like mm. um, I will not watch Coco because it's just ripping off the book of life thing they can happily coexist now because you watch Coco quite like it yeah yeah and they're both on Disney Channel so it's fine it's it's fine I'm, I've, I've made my peace with it but the book of life is the better movie no is it probably so we watched Krampus didn't we yeah, yeah we did yeah <laughs> Krampus is great still can't decide whether I prefer the director's cut or the normal cut. No, we watched the director's cut last year, didn't we? Yeah. We watched the normal cut this year. Yeah. And I did miss the director's cut bits. Yeah. So I think director's cut might be the better one. Yeah, I reckon. But I do think it's not as pacey. <coughs> yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, as that, But yeah. it does feel like there's stuff missing. Yes. Which, obviously, there is. We watched It's a Wonderful Life. We watched It's a Wonderful Life every year, don't we? Yeah. Um, so it's a wonderful life. Uh, we also watched Jingle All The Way, because of course we watched Jingle All The Way on, on Christmas, Christmas Day. Christmas morning, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, still love Jingle All The Way, still think 
it's it's a, it's everything people say it is, but a damn sight more fun than people would like to admit that it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just going back to what I was saying though, after we watched Krampus, yeah, it is one of the few Christmas movies that I think actually captures the true meaning of Christmas. In that it shouldn't be all this capitalist bullshit. It shouldn't just be about consumerism. And that's I I still stand by the fact that at the end he gets a, he gets a pass from Krampus and he puts things back, but he's watching him in his snow globe, and that's why he, that's why he has the bell still. I, I prefer my hopeful version of the ending. That's fine. I, 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 <laughs> uh, we rewatched Pottersville. <laughs> it's fucking great, it's Pottersville, isn't it? Yeah, just because I get to be reminded every Christmas that this movie exists. Yeah. <laughs> that that a batshit Michael Shannon, Judy Greer, Thomas Lennon, Ron Perlman, Christmas Ian McShane, the Christina Hendricks movie yeah. exists about him getting drunk and dressing up as Bigfoot as a because his he's wife's a furry. furry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking it's, another oddity. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I love it though. Oh, I think it's a great it's it's just a it's a really sweet, fun time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I love how in like, like Shannon and Judy Greer are, are, are very much and Ron Perlman are very much like invested in this movie yeah. they're not doing it as like a this is a paycheck or anything like that they are fully on board they are in. with this movie Yeah, like I'm fairly certain this was the movie um, that Michael Shannon was filming when um, Chip Water was winning all the Academy Awards and he was just sat in that bar <laughs> watching the Academy Awards oh wow yeah because he was filming Pottersville <laughs> fair enough yeah good time uh, yeah alright okay we're on mine now aren't we yeah so I watched the night before the night before I think you spoke about it last week didn't you Ian it's a good time Indeed. the night before yeah yeah it's a really fun movie um, absolutely stolen by Seth Rogen uh, well, there's two Steen silly things. Joseph Gordon-Levitt du- du- duetting Wrecking Ball with Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Um, who decides to do it because, yeah, I'm about drunk enough for that, but not too <laughs> drunk to say no. Um, but, yeah, Seth Rogen just trying to balance out his drugs and then trying to look cool like he wasn't on drugs is brilliant. The faces he's, he's pulling yeah. in that... That's spectacular. Oh, what was it we watched and we were like, it had him in it and it was like, you can never get away from his laugh. What was that? Fablements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got two more that I rewatched. I've rewatched The Martian because I really like The Martian. I'd have watched that with you. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking great movie. Yeah, it is. Like, just a genuinely just great movie. <laughs> I don't think, you know, we, they don't come around that, you know, like, just solid every fucking quadrant movie mm. is that. And it's just really entertaining, in, even though it's, like, pushing two and a half hours long. Um, and the other one I watched on my own, I watched Last Train to Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah. So this was, like, this was the 
Oh, I've avoided this one because my parents said it was good. This was the <laughs> the, the Christmas movie that was on Sky Cinema um, last year that they fucked up by releasing it way too close to Christmas. Yeah. It was like a few days before Christmas, yeah, wasn't it? it was. So you basically had mm. like only a few days to be able to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so they done gone fucked up. The, it says here that it was released on the 18th. I don't think it was the 18th. I think it was like the 21st, or something like that. I, I, I just remember it having less than a week before Christmas. Um, so the story is: it opens up in 1985, and Michael uh, Sheen plays uh, a character called Tony Towers, who owns some clubs in the Midlands. Um, and then the story is if he goes like he discovers that if he goes into the next forward into the next train carriage he gets pushed forward in time Um, and if he then goes back to the train carriage and changes something within that train carriage um, when he goes back in the future It'll things be different. Then he also discovers that if he goes in the train carriage, he's going back. Mm. He goes back in time and can change all the futures and all of that with all of this different knowledge. Um, the problem is, which is a good idea. Um, the problem is it ends up just becoming just a little bit too much like right what the fuck is going on now <laughs> yeah but not in a good way it it's a little bit it's supposed to be a, like a comedy drama but it very much is more a drama comedy mm. so like it becomes very invested at the fact that um he he's like because his brother uh, played by uh, <laughs> Carriolis it plays the fact that Michael Sheen is like this really like flamboyant guy and his brother's a little bit more reserved and he kind of, he pushed his brother out of running the clubs with him by just never giving him any credit for any ideas but it was actually all his ideas but then he ends up going back in time (coughs) and becoming a musician with his brother but his brother, no matter what he does, is always a very troubled alcoholic. But it's either he's a poor troubled alcoholic that never made it as a musician, or he's a rich musician who has way too much money to buy way too many drugs and way too much booze. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's always set on this train of them going back to see his, his mum. Okay. Yeah. I won't be watching it again. <laughs> it has its heart in the right place. That says a lot if it's you. It's not bad. It's just not very engaging or fun. And right. a little bit too much like, this is just a bit miserable. Does it forget For, that Christmas movies are supposed to be fun? Yeah, it, it, it just, it, it's barely a Christmas mm. movie. Right. Okay. Like, it, there's barely a mention of Christmas. Like, if this wasn't called Last Train to Christmas, mm. you could quite easily forget that it's a Christmas movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, I, I, I will say is, yeah, don't, it's not one you need to rush to watch. Okay. Just watch Holiday instead. 
Yeah, it's it's. I was I was a little bit disappointed Aww. that it was. I was I was. I wanted it to be like this fun kind of time travelly bit. Yeah, and it's not. It's just this real fucking like. Oh, everything's miserable. No matter what I do, I just make it more miserable. <laughs> but not in like any kind of fun way. Right. Uh, just quite bleak. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's. That's everything I've watched uh, this week. So, we do have questions. I'm sure we do. Nice that, Bex. That's like a very reasonable question. She says, fuck you, whore. <laughs> All caps at me. Cooper, Cooper stole my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper, Cooper just has got his own phone. Why does he just text me to tell me that I'm fat? Aww. Um... Right, questions. Because I've completely forgotten how to use Twitter. <laughs> so, I put out a question to our audience, uh, which was, uh, which three movie characters are you going out for New Year with? Um, Dylan Blackland and uh, I hate to base it, but I'd go for Birdie, Duke and Angela Lansbury from Glass of You. <laughs> nice. Um, and Rick Kidd said, Says Howard and Kumar because their nights out are always wild, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator to dig us out of the trouble. Okay, <laughs> that's well played. <laughs> Becky, oh God, um... I can't even think of any film characters. My brain's gone completely dead. <laughs> Ian. Uh, Wayne, Garth and Benoit Blanc. <laughs> that would be a fucking great... Can you imagine just like how impressed Wayne and Garth would be by Benoit Blanc? But I think he'd find them fascinating I think he would as well. Have, I think you'd have a great night. Like a properly like... Just a yeah. really like... A really good night. <laughs> yep. Straight up. Thanks. I, I don't know. I can't you think. don't know. I can't think... You should have pre-warned me about the question. Um, oh, right, I need to check. What is that film that Brendan Fraser has a guest starring in? It's called Brain Damage, where he plays a um, a guy who's like on a drugs trial. I think, I don't I think know. it's called Brain Damage. So it's the character from that. Brendan Fraser character from that because he's like in a cameo in it. And it's one of the great cameos of our times. So Brendan Fraser from that. Yeah. With Paulie Shaw from Son-in-Law. Okay. And... And who else? And Amazing Amy from Gone Girl because I think that'd end up in a fucking a wow. weird night. <laughs> hmm. Let's be honest, if you get drunk enough, I've got a chance in that room. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, interesting one to say in front of your wife, I respect that. <laughs> how many how many do we get? Three. Three. Yeah. Who are you going for? I'm going for Brendan Fraser from Ink Heart. <laughs> It's going to be a theme here, though. Nice. Brendan Fraser from Journey to the Centre of the Earth. And Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. And we're going to get into some fucking adventures. I mean, Brendan Fraser from The Mummy's peak Fraser. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But all three of them. They're all all three of them are peak Fraser. The, the mummy Fraser is peak, peak Fraser. Peak Fraser, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, we did have some questions. And then Brendan Fraser from Airheads will crash and just ruin it. <laughs> I mean, all three of them from Airheads would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Airheads the band. <laughs> yeah. um, Rick Kidd, what 2023 films are you most looking forward to? Well, maybe I do now. What? The Emma Robertson, Jim Brazy oh. film. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, look. I mean, I, I, I know I was a little bit uh, on the trailer last week, but Oppenheimer for sure. Oppenheimer, um, yeah. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon again for the second year running. It's my most yeah. anticipated movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Babylon. Babylon. Yeah, um, very much Babylon. Mm. Uh, I mean, recency bias, but Mafregan. Um, yeah. Um, Mission Impossible. Fuck yes. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely my most anticipated blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. um, the Jennifer Lawrence rom com, No Hard Feelings. Uh, I. Very, very up for Jennifer Lawrence in a rom com, especially if it's uh, if it's a bit fruity, that would be good. Please, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Plot under Indy Five. I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking forward to Indy Five. Actually, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot coming in. What were you saying, Bags? Uh, yeah, I think, to be fair, all, all the ones you've mentioned, it probably Mission Impossible would probably be like the... The biggie for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair, isn't it? It's We've fair. got a new Fincher as well next year, don't we? Possibly. Yeah, the 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 killer should be should be next year as well, yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, so we've got possibly uh, a new Scorsese, possibly a new Fincher. Definitely a new Nolan. Definitely a new Nolan. Mm-hmm. I, that's going to be a good year. Wes Anderson's got a new one out. I mean, that's more of me than you guys, but Asteroid City, um, looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, good good fucking That's enough to be getting on with, Danny. Good fucking year coming up. Um, yeah. Dylan Blacklands, followed on from Ben Shapiro's. Um, ridiculous attempt at taking down Glass Onion. What is the most misguided review or hit piece you've ever seen or heard? Um, I mean, like he'd say it himself, but Chris Hewitt from Empire giving episode two Attack of the Clones five stars. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, Nick DeSemelin, the editor of Empire, giving The Way of Water five stars. <laughs> Smacks of hmm to me. Yeah. Um, I think I had one for this earlier and I've forgotten it. <laughs> I think it's when people get real caught up in, in like the hype of stuff, isn't it? Like I remember um I do have one. Benjamin Button getting like loads of really like really strong critics reviews and then when people are actually allowed to see it, people are going, What? No one's Dot got time book. for that. Eh? No one's got time for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. All right. Very. This is this. I have a go. So fucking niche with this, but a genuine review that genuinely fucking annoyed me. Hmm. Robbie Conlon's fucking review for Hot Tub Time Machine Two. Where he, Do you mean Robbie Collins? Yeah, Robbie Collins. Yeah, that prick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking Dave Cameron on a gap here. Um, <laughs> yeah, his review of, of Hot Tub Time Machine Two, where he basically review was like it, it was just him saying how much he didn't like Hot Tub Time Machine, and at the end of it, kind of said, but he kind of liked Hot Tub Time Machine Two, and then gave it one star. Oh, was that one? There was that one that he mentioned Pete- a while ago. I don't think it's about a specific movie, but. Um, someone writing loads of shit about nothing showing in the cinema and then listed like all the many, many options that were showing in the cinema. Yes, yeah. When someone mentioned about all the different movies that were in the, what is it, they listed them all mm. and it's like, that's like, that's like 12 movies, you dickhead. Because you don't want to see them doesn't mean they aren't there. Yeah, yeah. that was a, a hot shit take. Yeah. <laughs> what were we about to say here? Um... I just, I'm, I'm struggling to think of examples, but Peter Bradshaw for the Guardians had some fucking insane takes yeah. on things. Um, yeah, yeah, it just seems very, very okay to just give one star to like basically any blockbuster. Um, and uh, yeah, to, it, yeah. To, there was a podcast I can't even remember the name, but it, it, we're going back like twelve years. There was a podcast that I got so annoyed at one of their reviews because it was just absolute nonsense. That it was a podcast I listened to weekly that I stopped listening to it and have never listened to it again. <laughs> and, and and I genuinely can't even remember the name of it. And it was a review they were doing of um It was a review they were doing of the Dark Knight. Um, for just before Dark Knight Rises came out, right, and one of the guys who was reviewing it, 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 he his hot takes were so bad that that the other guy who did the show with him, I remember actually turning around and it was one of the quite big podcasts at the time, um, saying to him, "Hang on a minute." Have, have you actually even watched the movie? Where is this coming from? <laughs> and that's to stop it. And it was because he came out with this complete, like, wild right-wing conspiracy theory mm. about it. And it was just like, where has this come from? But it was nonsense. <laughs> it was just absolute fucking... What? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, there's been some... But Bradshaw, you're right, he has some fucking odd ones, doesn't he? Where he's just like, do you even like films? <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite, quite. But, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, review... It, it, it's interesting seeing Elon Musk putting a Twitter view count, like, tw- view count on tweets this week, which are, is going to be great for people's mental health, I'm sure. Um... It, it it really reminds me right. of yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Fucking like he he said that like because he wants people to see that people are seeing their tweets even if they're not reacting to them. 
And it, I, I don't know, it just, it, that, and just like, you know, having to write reviews, but especially in this day and age of you need to come out with takes that will get you noticed, you know, and like, or, or like you, you need to basically click bait in a tweet why someone should click through to your newspaper's website to get you revenue by just coming out with like the the, the most shocking thing and whatnot and it, it, it's um i see that a lot with like film festivals how people are fighting for attention and robbie collins is actually very good at it at just going for complete fucking hyperbole in order to basically get you to click through and you can see see what he's doing but it, it just this yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm down on things again tonight, aren't I? But it, it just, it's um, the, when we're talking about like shitty takes and things like that, I feel like it's only going to get worse. The, yeah, you know, they, um, they, they have these yeah. kind of like little moves, moves, don't they? Every now and again, these little phases. Um, just randomly, not film related, but kind of, I would say world related. Um, yeah. Pelé's just died. So yeah. That's bonkers, that. That's quite old, though. I mean, it's very old, yeah. And it was, it was, you know, it, it's been on the cards or what is it? But it's like, it's, it's, it's one of those true kind of global icons. Mm. Um, you know, up there, it's the Muhammad Ali level of sporting icon. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a strange one. It's like. It's somehow as big, but maybe possibly bigger than when Maradona died. Even though Maradona was a better footballer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, big, big one. Yeah. But also, did Pella did appear in a few movies though as well? Actually, um, mm-hmm. it, it, and most of them were terrible. Uh, but I, I think I've seen quite a few of them. Cool. Yeah, of course you have. He did one in like the. Wait, it, so there was a, there was Escape to Victory. Is that a minor miracle? Yeah, minor miracle. Where he coached like a group of orphans. <laughs> yeah, there was some bad. Yeah, he did some bad films. <laughs> yeah, uh, what are we covering next week here? Uh, I think we're welcoming in the, the new year with a bit of white noise, oh, if memory nice. serves. Nice. Now on Netflix tomorrow, uh, as we record, to give us something to talk about because there's fuck all coming out. When's the when's the new Scott Cooper one out? Uh, next, next week. week after, isn't it? Yeah. Week after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Right. Well. And then the week after is Mafregan. Yes. And the week after that's Babylon. So we're getting we're we're getting through. We're getting through. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a little bit. We've got a little bit of a streaming lull here, haven't we? But yeah. Yeah. We'll be back at it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Mark. And thank you very much, Ian. Well, shit the bed and call me Sally. Everybody have a great New Year. Yeah. And make sure that you both shit your beds and call me Sally. Yes. <laughs> so just tweet him, Sally, after you've taken shit in your own bed. Um, yep, please yes. do. So yeah, um, thank you much, guys. We shall speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. S- Sally. <laughs> <laughs>